Today's broadcast is being brought to you by WokeSkipTracing.com. Look up phone numbers and email addresses with ease, with pricing as low as only 15 cents per match. Not per search, per match. If there's no number or email address, you don't pay. Get accurate data in just minutes. WokeSkipTracing.com. That's WokeSkipTracing.com. So we got a good question came in today on our real estate live stream. Uh, they asked, basically, uh, what do you do about sellers who don't want to allow you to take pictures and things like that? It's a real simple fix. Um, one, if a seller right off the gate gives me any kind of pushback about pictures, showing the property, any kind of gripe, it will reflect in our price. It will reflect in our offer. So you shouldn't be offering real close to what you need to be at Mayo. If somebody giving you difficulty on pictures, difficulty on showing properties, difficulty on any part of the transaction, right off the rip, it will reflect on our price. If you're real easy going and everything else, we'll get you the most we can. But I mean, I'm real serious about that. You work me hard, I will work that price low when you're talking about wholesaling. Um, part two. You let the seller know straight up, hey, if you don't want to let pictures, if you don't want us to take pictures, videos, things like that, then you're probably going to have us come back six or seven times between now and closing. If you're okay with that, we don't need pictures. That's fine. But we do have partners, investors, and other people that need to take a look at it for as appraisals and things like that. Now, if you want to let us take the pictures and video, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine as well. Which one works best for you? Notice, I always ask these questions at the end of our pitch. We can tell them the situation, what we can and cannot do, but we can always ask them which one works best for you. You want us coming back six or seven times in between now and closing, or you want to let us take these photos? That's just one of the great tips that I can give you for today. Hope that helps you out in your real estate wheeling and dealing while you're out here flipping these properties trying to make that money. Don't forget to follow me on all social media outlets at Chris Monroe STL. That's Snapchat. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. That's Facebook. That's YouTube. Don't forget the YouTube where you can watch over 250 free real estate training videos. So with all that being said, do what you do. Be who you be. And I'll see you before you see me.
Today's broadcast is being brought to you by WokeSkipTracing.com. Look up phone numbers and email addresses with ease, with pricing as low as only 15 cents per match. Not per search, per match. If there's no number or email address, you don't pay. Get accurate data in just minutes. WokeSkipTracing.com. That's WokeSkipTracing.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, women and children of all ages, it's about that time. It's Monday Night Raw, real estate style. What's going on, everybody? The last Monday of the month is today, going into Thanksgiving times and Turkey Day times and whatever other celebrations you're doing next month, Veterans Day times, all of that. We got a great show for you tonight, as well as coming up in the next couple of weeks. Go ahead, drop your name in and where you're coming in from. We'll give you a quick shout out before we get started with the show. We're streaming live right now temporarily on Instagram at Chris Monroe STL. Make sure you hop on over to the YouTube channel at Chris Monroe STL if you want the full experience. We're also streaming live on Twitch, Periscope, YouTube, and the Woke Real Estate Investing Group on Facebook. So uh, we're going to give you some quick announcements before we get started with the show right here. Um, let's see. Tomorrow, don't forget, we're going a live stream tomorrow. The Hooties House Buyers Club with Rich Rose and the Chris Monroe Show tomorrow. That's the 27th of October. We'll be doing a virtual real estate meetup. It's good for everybody nationwide, not just for St. Louis investors, but you can be anywhere coast to coast. Come on in and network and uh, see if you can make that connection. We are also going to be on next Monday with Mr. RJ Bates, 50 deals in 50 states. What is he drinking right there? Something cold. But we'll be on with Mr. RJ Bates on the 2nd of November, next Monday. That's going to be a great show. Sat on the computer and did multiple deals right from his computer. Some people think he got to run out to the house and he's a living example to show you that you didn't have to do that. We'll look at the case study on that as well. Uh, the following week, November the 9th, we're on with Miss Kayla Buys Houses. Kayla Holbert doing multiple deals virtually. That's what we're all doing now, virtual. It's another way to do it. I don't know what you've been doing before that, but we're going to talk to her as well and pick her brain. And don't forget, we got tonight, we got D. Stevens in the green room. He back there warming up right now, swinging and bucking and bucking and swinging, about to come out and drop some knowledge on the people that are watching right now and the replay viewers. So let's see who we got up in here right now. What's up, uh, DNG up in St. Louis? I see you. Dr. Max, we got a doctor in here. Oh, man, we in trouble now. Already got four properties. Make it 40 properties. Get some more. That's what I'm trying to get, 30. So that's good. Uh, I am proof it works. That's right. What's up, Angela Long? Hey, Mr. I stay woke with D. Stevens. Finna bring that heat. Got my pen and paper. That's right. That's what you got to do. Be ready to take copious notes. That's what we're doing. And uh, who else we got in here? Lucy watching over on the YouTube channel. Lucy Closed Deals in the building. Good to see you as well. What's up, homicide? Hope you're not committing a homicide. Hope that's just a name. Good to see you as well. What's up? What's up, Philip in the ATL? Good to see you as well. And what's up, Wes? So if you would do me a favor, share this video out, invite some followers, share it out in the Facebook groups, let people know we're doing it live. We're about to do this thing tonight. It's about to go down.
and we have Mr. I Stay What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? This is the student master teacher, Mr. I Stay Woke, Chris Monroe, and I'm right back at you with another real estate video. We do these streams each and every Monday night, seven o'clock central time, eight o'clock Eastern. I try to bring on some other heavy hitters in the industry so we can pick their brain, learn some strategies that we can implement implement in our market, regardless of where you're at. The stuff is uh, pretty much can work in any market. And tonight we got Mr. D Stevens about to come out here and let's see if we got him here. What's up, D? What's up, my man? How you doing? That's right. <laughs> right. Come in with the energy. That's what I'm talking about. Wake him up, right? Wake your ass up. <laughs> <laughs> let's get That's this money. <laughs> That's what it's about. So for people who may not know, who are you, D, and what do you do? I am D Stevens. I am a real estate entrepreneur who loves investing. And what I do is I help people make money, man, whether it's a seller, a buyer, another investor, wholesaler, whatever I got to do. So I just want to add value to people as much as I possibly can. And what I've noticed in my life, man, the more I'm able to help people get what they want, I end up getting what I want. So my life is really simple. That's right. That's right. That's the way it do. How long have you been in a business for? Well, I started as a contract. Well, actually, I started as a home inspector. Then I went became a, a contractor after I started inspecting homes, uh, noticing that these guys were making a lot of money as a contractor but was doing crappy work. And I was like, I can fix that. So I learned how to do that, became a contractor. Uh, but it started out like real, real small stuff, like hanging a light fixture, light switch, stuff like that, real very basic stuff. Then next thing I know, man, I was renovating kitchens, bathrooms, and flipping properties for other investors here in Atlanta. And uh, one of the guys told me, he was like, dude, you need to become an investor. And I was like, I should become an investor. That's what I want to do. But I thought you had to have a lot of money. And... He told me at that time, we was having just having a beer, and he was like, dude, you don't have to have a lot of money if you have access to money. Right. And he was saying how he was funding like one of the flips we were working on here in Atlanta was that he, it was some guys to own a gas station, right? And they wanted to get into real estate, but they were too busy managing gas stations. So they knew him. He was into real estate. He was trying to get it started. And they was like, look, if you can find the deals, manage the projects, and get it done, get it to closing, and give us our money back with some interest, we'll, we'll invest in you. And that's how you got started. And I was like, yeah, I need to do that. <laughs> I need to do that. And so, so that's how I got started. Out of fixing up property first and said, wait a minute, I'm fixing it for them. I can fix it for myself. That's that, Exactly. I can fix it for myself. And plus, a lot of times with people I was helping them flip their houses, they end up asking me, like, where, where should I buy the property? Uh you know, um, where, what's the best thing, what's the best exit strategy? And I was just learning at that point in time because a lot of times we were buying, this was before wholesaling blew up. Um, you know, people were just buying off the MLS at good rates, right? And we're just going there, fix it, flip it, and sell it, right? And it, it just, they kept asking me, and, and the more I learned, the more they asked, the more I learned. It just got to the point that I was a point man, but I was still only getting paid for being a contractor. And I was like, huh. 
And that's when the light bulb went off. And I was like, yeah, I need to make that move. So like in 2000, in 2017, 2018, that's when I started getting into investing. I was like, man, I'm just going to do it. I just did it, man. Wow. So before wholesaling per se blew up, you was you snuck into the game, started doing some deals on your own in Atlanta. They say Atlanta's a pretty uh, competitive market, right? Yeah, it's, it's competitive as far as there's a lot of people that's doing it, right? But look at it like this. Also, there's a lot of realtors, right? But there's not enough properties on them. You know, the, the realtors exceed the number of houses on the market. So some people ain't eating, but some people are making a massive amount of money and accumulating wealth. But how are they doing it? Like for one, for one example, a lot of people are being consistent. Like you, you're consistent at what you do. That's why you're the man, right? <laughs> so these realtors that's making it, these investors who are making, they're, they're consistent. They've, they've built out uh, systems and processes that work and that's repeatable, that can duplicate, that they can delegate over and over again. And as they scale their operations, they'll be able to say, okay, I need you to handle this particular part of the uh, of our business. I need you to handle that particular part of the business. I need to scale more up on marketing. I need you to scale more up on sales. And, and it just, even though it's competitive, I mean, when you grind it out, be consistent and persistent, man, and get those systems, processes in place and just squad up with the right people, you, you're going to make some money, bro. You're going to make it. So there's really no excuse for people that's like, well, I don't know. It's a lot of unknowns. I guess it is kind of scary, <laughs> though, right? It well, yeah, it is scary, right? But I mean, honestly, bro, they're they're gonna find anybody. If you want to find an excuse, you can find an excuse. I mean, it's, it's really that simple. Uh, but if you surround yourself with the right people, I'm and they're doing deals, right? They're moving product. There's no way possible that you're gonna continue to hang around them. And that stuff is not gonna rub off on you. Just just like. If all your friends are broke, you're probably going to be broke too, right? So just surround yourself with the right people and just educate yourself and take action. And don't be scared to fail because guess what? You will mess up. You will screw up. You will possibly lose some money or whatever. But the thing is you want to learn quickly, adapt, and keep going. If you do that, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Right, right. So making a mistake is not a bad thing. You just don't learn from it, right? Not in entrepreneurship, but now if you got a nine to five, then you make a mistake. They may cost you your job. So be careful. <laughs> it's a different that. world here. I know that's right. So so yeah. I guess you got in. So when you started doing the properties yourself, it was only for flipping to fix them up and put them on MLS or to flip them or fix them up and keep them. It was only for flipping and then putting them on MLS. That's what it was at first. And then I we ended up buying a, we bought our first property in Atlanta. Uh, shout out to Vernon. And uh, it was it was a fire damage house. Nobody wanted it. We we I, when I saw it, he sent me the photos. And I was like, man, we can do this, and we got it super duper cheap, right? And then from there, we end up getting another property, but we end up getting it from a, a guy that called himself a wholesaler. And I'm like, what the hell is a wholesaler? <laughs> what are you wholesaling like cars or food or something? What is that? Right. And he was like, no no no, it's like wholesaling properties. And we end up getting something in East Atlanta from him. And I was like, man, you got to teach me what is this thing? Because he didn't really do anything outside of get it on the contract and made $10,000. And and, and, one, and one of my cash investors, right, because I work with other, other people, right, he was like, this guy's going to make $10,000. He hasn't done any work. I was like, whoa, 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 slow down. <laughs> I had to check him. I said, I said, think about it. This guy got us a property at below retail, right? Off market 
nobody really even knew about. And only thing he wants is ten thousand dollars, and we're gonna make like sixty thousand dollars. What are we tripping off of? He said, "Well, I guess you put it that way." You know what I mean? I said, "I don't know exactly what all he did, but he works some magic and is working. Let him do his thing. Let him get paid." So wow. it just, it that is thing a lot of people are afraid of, like, "Oh, my buyer, or if I find a buyer, they're gonna find out I'm making fifteen or twenty grand." <laughs> I mean, how do you get around that with people? I mean, just tell them that, that what you gave that what you told that guy. I like to call it a uh, re-education, <laughs> right? My thing is this. One of the things I have a conversation with, with my buyers, because I like to do virtual wholesaling, right? So with my buyers, when I go into a market is I ask them, you know, do you have a problem with me making money? If the numbers work for you, depending on how they answer that question, let me know if they're going to be the right buyer for me, mm -hmm. right? It's just simple as that. Another thing we started doing, like we don't even, when our assignment agreements, right? Because I'm not sure if some new people looking, but anyway, so wholesaling is get it under contract from the seller, and then we assign our equitable rights to somebody else, okay? And so on the assignment agreement to an end buyer, tenant buyer, whatever we're we doing on the back end, uh, that's where we put our assignment fee generally. But on ours, it doesn't even have the assignment fee. It just has the total price, including assignment fee, and then boom, there you go. I don't even know why everybody don't do it that way. I, I don't know why they don't do it that way. Really. It's a like total contract purchase price of this. I don't have no assignment fee. On my my man. Exactly. My man. Exactly. As long as the company know how to do it, we good. <laughs> right? hey, hey, that's right. That's right. That's right. So you don't do any double closings then? Nah. Nah. Never done a double closing in my life. Never yeah. had to. Yeah, one of my newer students was asking me about that, and they was getting worried, like, oh, what about if I got a double close? And I'm like, don't worry about that. Find a deal. You worry about something that ain't even here yet. Just That ain't even here yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, telling you, man, people will put those obstacles in, in the way, and I, and I tell people, man, just take action in, 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 a, in a consistent direction. Just stay focused. Like, some days, Monday's going to be crazy for you, but if you stay focused and, like, look, I'm going to get through this problem. I'm going to get through this hurdle. I'm going to get through this obstacle. I'm going to get around this mountain. I'm going to get through this mountain. You're going to see Tuesday. You're going to see Wednesday. You're going to see the light of day. You're going to get to that payday. Trust me. Just get through it. And don't worry about it. Don't sweat the small stuff. That's Listen right. to the student master teacher. That's right. That's right. <laughs> We're coming in with all the little, little treats for everybody. So you oh, yeah, yeah. get something powerful there. When it comes to paperwork, how important is paperwork when it comes to this business? Oh, man. The paperwork. Make the paperwork. I mean, you got to have the right paperwork. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't. Now, of course, with any agreement, you can write it on the back of a napkin. Right. But you want to at least present a professional image to people when you're saying, hey, I want to buy your house. Then on top of that, oh, yeah, I want to buy it at a discount. So you want to at least come in professional. Right. And just have all your ducks in a row. And with our paperwork, we try to make it uh, balanced so it's not all beneficial to us and not beneficial to the seller. Same thing as with the buyer, not all beneficial to us and not the buyer, the end buyer on the deals. But the paperwork is, is very, very important, especially when you start getting into uh, creative financing, such as lease options, uh, owner financing, wraps, contract for deeds, uh, novation agreements, wh whatever you want to get into, uh, even substitution of collateral. You know what I mean? So whatever you want to do, you want to make sure that paperwork is tight. Right, right. Because some people get afraid with it, like, oh, man, I don't know. Like, man, you better get know. the paperwork straight. That'll keep you out of trouble. <laughs> keep you out like, of trouble. I see some contracts. I wouldn't sign Daffy Duck on. I'm like, you sign that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, brother, I, I know exactly what you mean. I've seen some people send some stuff over, you know, because we end up networking with other investors and stuff. 
And sometimes they're like, man, can you take a look at this this contract and just tell me what you think? And I'm like, throw it in the trash. <laughs> throw it in the yeah. trash. Matter of fact, I'm just going to send you the one I use for that type of deal and just use that. Just charge it to the game, man. You'll be all right. But throw that away. We don't even want Daffy Duck on that one. They don't have no out clauses, man. I'll be like, man, what are you doing? You trying to get in trouble? You gonna mess it up for everybody? Gonna mess it up, man. <laughs> cool, cool. So we got about thirty-two people watching right now. Make sure y'all share this video out because I want to make sure as many people as possible can come in and get these nuggets as they're being dropped. Give it a thumbs up. Give it a like. Give it a share. We're on with Mr. D. Stevens, real estate investor out of Atlanta. So, yes, uh, are you doing deals in other markets as well, or just sticking to the Atlanta area? Oh, we're doing deals all over, man. We're doing deals all over Georgia, uh, and we're doing deals Maryland, uh, Indiana. We're doing, you know, doing deals in Tennessee. That's where I'm from, from Tennessee. Chattanooga, what's up? I see you. <laughs> they say Tennessee, uh, what's that? Nashville, kind of a hot place, ain't it, or something like that? Man, Nashville is smoking hot. It is smoking hot in Nashville, man. Uh, and, and one of the other things I'm doing is we're targeting like Orange County, Orange County, California, south of L.A., things like that. Right. And because it's really, really difficult to get those houses at a discount, like you would say in South Georgia, or Birmingham, Alabama, somewhere like that. But what we're, we're learning to do is that if we can get somebody to agree to a contract over there, what do we do to able to get them to that to that uh, offer offer, get them to the contract? And trying to get them to obviously close the deal. And one of the things that we've noticed is that, you know, looking at obviously the age of the person uh, is a huge factor. Also look at uh, are they willing to sell it at a slight discount, but they're willing to take terms because they don't want to take that huge, huge tax hit. You know what I mean? Also, are they willing to do like carry back financing? Say if we that's really gets into like substitution of collateral. Right. So if we buy a house. Right. And we have it where we can do substitution on collateral once we sell the property. So we sell this house for $200,000. Generally, obviously, when you close on that deal, you take the $200,000 and pay off whatever loan to the homeowner or the, that wrote the note for you. But when you do like substitution of collateral, you can take that $200,000 or $100,000 check and apply it somewhere else. Right. Which is even awesome when especially if you have a mortgage. Right. Because a lot of people that get into you know wholesaling, they're transitioning from nine to five into entrepreneurship, even if it's just part-time, they wanted to get into full-time, right? But they still have that mortgage over their head. If you can start implementing a uh, substitute of, of collateral and like a lot of your owner finance deals and things like that, with, when, they, when they're free and clear from the owner seller side, you can begin to substitute that, that money you get for other collateral. Now, of course, keep in mind the notes is going to travel to that new property. So say if I'm living in the house, I owe $100,000 on my note. I close a deal, it's $100,000, but I owe the homeowner $150,000, right? I take that $100,000, I mean, but, 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 but I, I, it's worth $150,000. I mean, I put $50,000 in my pocket, then I take $100,000 on my mortgage at home to pay it off, mm. okay? That wipes it out, right? Because I'm substituting my house as collateral. So that's, that's one of the things that, you know, people just look into that, you know, talk to people about that. That's going to help you, especially a lot of people who are getting into creative financing. It's going to be real, real huge for you. So you're saying that would give the seller or the other party uh, some type of collateral just in case you don't act right. In case you don't act right. Exactly. Exactly. And of course, have that conversation with the uh, with the homeowner who owns the property free and clear 
and say, hey, how, what do you think about this? How do you feel about this? Because some people, you just let them know, be transparent, say, hey, this is what this means in this agreement, you know, and just say, hey, if I sell this property, you know, that means I'm about to, you're going to have a huge tax bill, right? And if they, if you know they don't want a huge tax bill, right, say, what about if I substitute it for a, a collateral, right, where they just want to receive that $450, that $1,000, that $2,000 a month, and you can put it on another property. So what you're using is a property you don't want, to put on a property you do want or you want to do more with and then go from there. And you can still keep that note in place and just keep paying on the first or 15th, whenever it is you pay on that note every month and just like clockwork, keep making money. So you saying to keep that house as collateral and don't take the money out, basically almost like a 1031 exchange like they do. Something similar to that or not really? Yeah, with the, with the only thing with the 1031 exchange is there's a time limit on it. Right. And sometimes people can't fit inside that time time limit. Right. But the good thing about the the collateral generally, a lot of times is you still have a time limit because obviously you're gonna have you gotta have another house that you want to purchase, right? That you can put the note or you can roll the note over, right? That's what the where the seller can carry it back, right? So you take that and you put it on a new house and purchase that house with, right? Or you take that and pay off a note with that house especially in creative finance, like with you, I'm pretty sure you run into deals where you're getting like 0% interest, right? So you're just paying straight principal on them, right? Or you have a I real, real low interest rate. I don't never want to get rid of it, though. No money down, 0%. It's my best baby. <laughs> okay. Are you renting it out or you don't lease option on it? It's a lease option on it. They've been in there almost a year and a half. Actually, their lease is about to end next month, so I don't know if they want to stay or what they want to do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like in a situation like a lease option, right? Somebody like, okay, they get the credit, right? And they want to cash you out, right? So they get a loan, they want to cash you out. Obviously, you know, you're going to get that check, right? So generally the check goes to pay whoever's in the lien position on the notes. But instead of paying that $100,000, $200,000 note, you carry it over to another property. And if that note had a higher interest rate, you can pay that off, drop it down to a lower interest rate and continue paying on that note with the, using that other property as a collateral. So does your credit have anything to do with any of this or is it all based upon the property? It has nothing to do with your credit. Just like, you know, when we do these creative finance deals, it has nothing to do with our credit. It's all about finding out what their needs are, see if they're flexible with the creative finance side of things and see if they are willing to work with us. And then we just solve their problem in order. And then in solving their problem, we get to get a property where we can cash flow it and go from there. What we're doing is just transferring a note from one property to another property. And mm -hmm. keep it going from there. So it's almost look. You can almost look at it more like a private lender. So a private lender with the house you already have. Because I got a bunch of houses, and I'm like, what do I do to leverage these things to get more properties or whatever I need to do? And so yeah, this yeah is yeah that's that's, that's one of the things. Just look at that uh, substitute as collateral, and I I shoot you over one of, one of my contracts so you can see what I'm talking about, and mm -hmm. we can go over that. But yeah, yeah yeah, cool cool. That's what I'm talking about. Dropping some heavy jewels on them. That's what I'm talking about. People are like what a substitution of collateral. <laughs> they will be living it up. I know it's, it's like it's like what 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 just re replay it. You'll hear it again. Yeah. Plus, just even knowing that the stuff exists, because that's you know Ooh, exactly, exactly, bro. Just what? knowing that it exists, and one of the, and how I knew it exists, I actually learned about it a couple of years ago, right? And we just really start implementing it now, right? And that's what Tony Robinson Sr., right? Because Max Maxwell, you know, you, he, he was like saying, hey, this is my mentor. He's having a uh, creative finance sub two event over in North Carolina. And I was like, whatever it is, I'm paying it, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> because I, I mean, I just heard Tony Robinson say speak about just certain things, and he was just dropping bomb after bomb. I'm like, I gotta meet this dude. So I end up going going to the uh, it was a sub two workshop, and if you ever have one, you need to go. You need to go. Whatever it costs, just work it out, make it happen. Right? Figure it out. <laughs> Figure it out. Damn it. <laughs> and so, be there or be square. Be there or be square. Yeah, and I, hell, you may even see me there. So. And one of the things in his contract he was talking about was substituting of collateral and uh, sell a carry back with the note and stuff and transferring over to another property, still paying them as if nothing happened, but still going to accumulate another property. And when I when he said that, my mind exploded. I mean, that there was just worth the cost of admission on top of the other stuff he did as far as like talking about how you need to structure your LLC, why you don't want a single member LLC. Oof. I mean, Tony Robinson scene was on fire. Most Dropping definitely. Bombs. Dropping bombs. And that's why we <laughs> tell people, just, that's like I say, just even knowing this stuff exists can open your mind up. You may not understand when you first hear, like, what? Wrap around. Yeah. What? Substitution clause. What's the subject to? What's it is? Learn it. Just to even though it exists can just change everything. Oh, yes. 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 And even also just looking into, like, you know, how you do heavy with the creative finance and things like that, man. Just, just watching you, I mean, you, you, you'll learn uh, so many gems that you can, even if you don't know some of the terminology that we're talking about, just writing it down and just going and Googling it, researching it, talking to other people that that's their focus. I mean, you make a killing. You make a killing. Like we just got one property under contract last week where the lady didn't want terms, right? She want to sell straight cash. But the problem is it wasn't a wholesale deal, right? It was at a, It was at 120. Right, uh, retail one sixty five. Okay. Okay. Wholesalers, I mean investors, they want to get it at a hundred to one hundred and twenty, which means you, you can't make any money. But the payoff balance was like one sixteen. Okay, so it looks like it's not a deal, but actually it is once you understand creative finance. Right. right. So what we did with her was that we found what was her real problem with it. Her real problem, reason why she didn't want to do creative finance is that she didn't want the mortgage to go into somebody else's name, excuse me, the deed to go into somebody else's name while still keeping the mortgage in her name because she's already financially distressed, right? Mm -hmm. So we worked out an agreement, which is kind of like a novation agreement, whatever, where we're able to go in there, cover the mortgage, put like $5,000 into the property, not pay the first mortgage payment until like December put it on the market and have it sold. Now the property's in an area selling like 45 days. So that means that we'll be able to have the property sold and only pay like one payment. And the payment is like $800 and something on on $165,000 house in the situation we have. And that includes P-I-T-I, principal, interest, taxes, insurance, right? And so, and we worked out the agreement where we'll, we'll keep anything over 120. Of course. Oh, she so said, she cool. Y'all like, for huh? Yeah, she was all for it. She was like, man, you will pay my mortgage? I'm like, hell yeah, I'll pay your mortgage if we keep the money. <laughs> we'll so, figure yeah. it out. So what kind yeah. of agreement did you do with her? Uh, it's it's kind of like an ovation agreement. So in the purchase and sale agreement, you know, you have the uh, special stipulations at the bottom, right? So we we, we specify line by line exactly how everything going to go down to the penny. Uh, attached a, a current mortgage statement because she has an adjustable rate mortgage, which I don't recommend people doing 
not unless you understand when it generally adjusts, right? But with hers, it's just like every 12 months, whatever, right? Yeah, so we attach that to it, initial sign that, right? And then another layer you want to do with that type of situation is you want to do a memorandum affidavit, right? So it's essentially saying, hey, we have an agreement with the seller to buy this property on or before this date, right? And you file it at the courthouse. Now, if you can get the seller to go ahead and sign that as well, it's not required for them to, to, them to sign it. It's only you need to sign it and you need to get it notarized and just file it. Reason why you want to do that is because when they pull a title, first thing to do is go to the courthouse, right? Whether it's electronically or manually and see if anything that's a, a lien, anybody saying you owe them money, uh, anything, right, on the particular property. Baby daddy, right? baby mama drama. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, you, yeah, you owe some uh, some child support, something like that, right? They attach it to the property. So so when they do it, it clouds the title. And, and on this thing, make sure you put it in your name, not your company's name. Very important, right? When you're doing this memorandum affidavit, right? Put your telephone number, put your address, okay? That way they can mail you or call you and say, hey, we noticed that you have a, say you have an agreement with the homeowner about a property before a certain date. Right. And this is just in, this is just back up in case a seller changed their mind after you done did whatever you need to do. And they try to sell it behind you. Right. We don't think it's going to happen on our end, but just the way the deal is structured, we just have to. OK. Just to take our party, right? yeah, 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 exactly. Right. So so you do you do this and it, and it clouds it up so she can't sell the property without them first talking to you. Now, this allows you to, to do a you have to do a release. Now, a lot of times a release, either you just say, you know, we're done with the property. Or that that contract expired, so it's, you know it's null and void on that. Or we still within our time period, and so we need to get paid in order to get this property sold, right? So by having a memorandum affidavit, uh, having everybody initial the mortgage statement, have that mortgage statement uh, reflected on what you're paying in particular on the special stipulation clauses on the uh, purchase and sale agreement, plus anything else you need. That allow allows you to do a deal like that and still make you, you know, forty thousand dollars or whatever. However, you need to how you break it up, depending on if you got to pay like the uh, buyer's agent or something like that. Or so, what made her want to be able to do this? Is it is this something she was trying to sell before and it failed on the MLS? But what made her motivated to say, "I'll go ahead and try this new creepy thing out that I don't understand"? <laughs> well, the first thing we always do with anything, we go in and ask for a wholesale deal, right? So that's like the first thing we always do, ask for a wholesale deal. And then, you know, if we can, we lock it up and try to push it out. If it's a little bit higher than what we need, what we do is generally we come out and talk to them and say, hey, it's a little bit higher than what we would like to pay. But we have some other people that may be interested. That's within our buyer pool, our networking of other investors. So if they come back with a certain price, do you want, you want me to send it over to you? You know, when you have that conversation. And then, of course, they'll pay me like a couple of hundred bucks or whatever for my service. And, and we'll, we'll go from there. Right. So we we do it. We do it like that. So we approached her with the wholesale technique first. The buyers was like, I need to get it lower, which we told her that may be the case because it was it was still high. Right. Uh, of course, we always anytime we submit an offer a lot of time. Well, I wouldn't say all the time. I say about 90 percent of the time, depending on the type of deal, looking at the numbers, we generally also offer a. Uh, creative finance offer as well, okay. Whether it's a lease option or a seller finance or a wrap or something like that, right? So since the wholesale, we went back and talked to her and said, hey, you know, the pro the, the price is just too high for the investors in our in our in our investment pool. And they they willing to bring cash, 
Now, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What's your real holdup with the sub two? And that's when she, with the uh, subject two, that's when she told me exactly what the holdup was. I said, so if we can keep the mortgage in your name, we come in and put the, whatever it needs to do to be fixed up, to put on the market, because this particular product, it needs to be sold on the market. Oh, can we keep it at 120 and we keep the rest of the money? And I just shut up. She's like, yeah. I said, oh, snap. So basically, we she, gonna had it over the <laughs> so she just got a few thousand dollars over. It's just a few thousand dollars. And then the, the, the sweetness deal, right? When, when, we, when I talked to her on the phone, I told her, look, we'll, we'll pay the mortgage. Well, I already have a calculator tell me what, what the mortgage is, interest, taxes, insurance, right? So when she sent me back the number and say, hey, this is my mortgage. I was like, eh, that sounds a little bit high for, for a mortgage on the based on what you originally purchased the house for. I said, send me a current mortgage statement. So she sent it to me. And of course, on the current mortgage statement, she was paying principal interest and she was paying escrow. Escrow is <laughs> had the taxes and insurance. I said, look, we agreed that I paid a mortgage. <laughs> not the taxes. I did not agree to pay your taxes and insurance. But this is what I'm going to do. I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. So that's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to go ahead and pay it. But I want reimbursement for the taxes and insurance. She said, okay, no worries. As long as I don't, I don't have to worry about it and you get it sold and, you know, the time you say you're going to get it sold, I'm ready. And that's how we did it. Boom. Just like that. Wow. Locked it up. So yeah. positioning yourself is very important and making sure you're not just giving away the farm right out the gate. You got to let them know it's a negotiation. Don't just give everything away, right? Yeah, yeah. So so my, my approach is, is is I try to listen as much as possible, uh, ask a lot of questions um, without being overbearing or anything like that, not pushing anything like that. Just really have a, a natural, cool conversation, just like me and you having a conversation here, but just interject questions and stuff and try to get down to what the real problem is. And once I find a problem, really continue to bring it up in the conversation. And what it does, of course, you know that it agitates the issue. Right. But it's not to be malicious. It's just to remind them, hey, you need to make a decision. Do you want to go through this pain? Do you want to have this headache over you? Do you want this monkey on your back? Or do you want to transition to a new phase in your life and mm -hmm. relieve this stress? Right. So I tell them, look, my role here is to help you transition. That, that's my role here. However, I need to do that. Even if I'm not the one that's going to benefit, I'm here to help you. Because, again, like I tell people, I said, I realize the more people I help, especially in, the, in, in dire need, the more I'm blessed. Right. I'm, I'm blessed by doing this. Right. I said, look, so if we can just focus on getting you to that transition. And her transition was um, husband works, but not making the money that she makes. Uh, you know, child requires a little bit of extra attention. And she has two mortgages, the one her primary residence and the house that's vacant that she wants to get rid of. Right. That, but she's so busy with work and being a wife and everything else that, you know, she hadn't had time to deal with. I said, let me deal with it. Let me take that off your plate. Right. And this will help you transition. And that's how I was able to do it. That's it. So do you feel like that gave you like instant rapport and she just trusted you automatically? Because, you know, sometimes when you ask for people, loan balances, bank statements, they get kind of <laughs> you know, a lot of people are afraid to ask those questions. But what do you say to yeah. people who are afraid to ask those tough questions? I say it's, it, I, actually somebody just asked me that earlier today, Chris. And uh, when I when it was one of my homeboys, and I was telling him, I said, 
you, you can ask it, but it's, it's how you ask it and when you ask it. Don't make that the first question you ask. Hey, seller, I want to buy a house. What's your loan balance? Uh, click, psycho. <laughs> <laughs> people try to do that. You gotta have some, some right? You got some structure, some flow, some swag, man. So, so with me, you know, I generally start out with. I have five main questions. I, I really would need to get asked, right? And that's really, you know, obviously the condition, right? Tell me a little bit about this softball question. Next thing is like after we buy the property, do you any repairs that you recommend us doing? Right, that we, we should do anything you do, and what that question does, it helps them open up to the repairs that are needed in the house and know that, damn, I don't want to do that, <laughs> it's more than what I thought it was because time has a funny way of playing tricks on our mind until we actually start to ask those questions and think about, it like, oh man, I mean, this is a crazy situation, right? Then, so, so wait then, a minute, make sure we got that right. So, you asking, are there any repairs that we need to make? We need to make any repairs that, that we need to make after we buy this house that you recommend. Mm. Because saying the updates, like, yeah, we put a new roof on, is not telling me that the kitchen floor is falling in, the bathroom toilet is busted, the crackhead stole the water heater. You know, it's not telling me that, right? But because I, the way I positioned the question at the timing in the conversation, right, it's a softball question. Anything you recommend that I do. Anything you recommend. And I let them talk for as long as they need to on repairs. And I'm just writing, writing, uh-huh, that's 5, 10, 15, 20, 35, 45, 50,000. <laughs> right? Exactly, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly, man. So so that's that's what I do on, on, on with the repairs, right? Then I go to my third question. I was like, look, we generally can close a deal, you know, 15, 30 days. Does that work with you? And they're going to tell me at that point, like, yeah, I needed to close that quicker. No, I got tenants in it. Or my baby brother in there, I need to get his crazy ass out the house. And then we can close. And then at that point in time, I know how to proceed, right? Because right. a lot of times I only have to ask them, is it vacant or occupied? They generally end up telling me by the way I position my questions, right? Also, right. by this time, they begin to tell me what their real motivation is. So I don't even really have to ask them what the motivation is. They end up telling me what the motivation is, right? Then after that, ask them, you know, what's your price range? I never ask them for a price because people get defensive on price. But I say price range. What did you have in mind, right? Range. And some people, yeah, yeah, range, range, range. Like some people, you know, depending on the personality, they're like, well, you tell me, you tell me, you tell me. I say, okay, a dollar. <laughs> Okay, what's your price? Like, if, if, if your price range doesn't work, then I can find another solution for you. Like, maybe your house, maybe selling to me is not the best way. Maybe you need to put it on the MLS and I can connect you with a realtor. Oh, so you would do that? Yeah. I told you at the beginning, remember? My goal is to help people, as many people as I possibly can, because that, that way I get what I need to get. So right. if that's how I need to help you, that's how I'm going to help you. And then that way they kind of soften up. And, th and at this point, they start to soften up and we get into some more details and other, other questions and the thing because they realize I'm not just out for myself. Mm -hmm. Right? And then at that point in time, I can start asking about the mortgage balance, things like that. Questions that had I did at the beginning of the conversation off a cold call, text message or whatever you're doing, RVM, it wouldn't right. have worked out. They would have mm -hmm. said, man, this dude is crazy. But exactly. now they want to tell me their life story. 
I'll be trying to tell people because, I mean, we get some wholesalers that call about our deals in the local area. Hey, yeah, why are you selling? I'll be like, damn, you ain't even trying to talk to me or nothing. <laughs> like, who you, who you learning this stuff from, man? You, you just went straight in for the kill. How much you owe on it? What's I'm like, you got to, you know, smooth it out a little better. So that's definitely some nuggets right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. So, yes. So negotiating with them is great. Let them know that you're there to help them out. And, uh, you know, I even asked sellers on, from the early thing, how do you see all this playing out, Miss Seller? Oh, yes. 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 Man, yes, yes. I, a lot of times I ask them, I say, what would you like to ha- what would you like to happen next? What would you like to see happen? What, what would you like to see next? How soon do you want it, right? And a lot of times I really, most people are emotional, right? You have some people that are just straight, logical, just give me a number, whatever, right? But most people have some type of emotion tied to a property or whatever transition they're trying to get in their life. So I generally go off of what they see, what they feel, and what kind of result they want in their life. And I keep on rehashing it over and over again. What do you want to see? What do you want to feel? And what was your, what result do you want? Right? Tell me. Let me let's try to make that happen together. So basically they're okay. telling you how to close them. They tell me how to close them. Exactly. They don't get no easier than that. They try to go in and force a deal. Like you can't force that on the people. You got to let them tell you how to close them. And they'll tell you if you ask the right question. They'll tell you. They'll tell you. Like one of the things I think I seen you on the podcast you did, you was like, ask them a million questions, right? You know what I'm saying? And and that's so true. That's so true, man. You got to continue to ask them and, 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 and make them. And what I do when I'm, I'm conversating with people, I make them feel like they're in control of the conversation. Right. But I'm really controlling the conversation because like the, I have those five things that I'm looking to accomplish in the conversation. Plus, depending on what they how they answer those, those five things may go to 10 things. They go to 20 things until we can get this, get enough information till we know, OK, this needs to be a creative deal. This needs to be a wholesale deal. OK, this may need to be a, a retail deal. We need to refer out to one of our realtors. And then, you know, we work that work that on the back end, whatever we need to do. And that helps us get more deals and help more people Help more people. We get help. Exactly. Like Robert Glenn saying down here, changing the script tonight. How important is it people <laughs> to refine their script? Because we've refined our script multiple times to make it better, make it cleaner. How important is that in a business? It's very, very important. I mean, because as you as you learn different techniques that work, because you're going to learn essentially what you're doing is, is, is triggers. Right. People are triggered either one way or the next way. Right. And you're going to notice that, hey, when I say it like this, I get this way, this reaction. And when I say it like that, I get this reaction. Right. And you begin to, OK, maybe I need to ask this to the script when I need to get my VA to ask them and, you know, say it like this. Right. And just continuously getting feedback from your team. Like another one side note, a good book to read is like traction. Right. <laughs> OK. For disciplines of execution, things like this. Right. And really communicate with your team and figure out what's really working in your business, especially when you start having people work for you. Right. And even if you're just a solopreneur, pay attention. How are people responding? How you doing? Record your calls. Listen to how you sound. Listen to other people make cold calls. Right. It's a ton of them on on Facebook, right? Chris, yeah. Chris, I know you do some too, right? Listen to Kit. He, he making money. Listen to the man. God dang. Come on. It don't get no easier than that. The, the, all the nuggets <laughs> right there. Just listen to the call. All the nuggets right there, right? And just continue to refine it, refine it, and tighten and tighten up. So when you get on the phone, you can you can adjust your tonality. You can rephrase a question. Okay? You can touch on certain points that allow you to get certain reactions that'll get you 
to help them make a decision, which is send me your house at a discount. <laughs> Most definitely dropping bombs. Yes, sir. Make sure y'all yes, give sir. this video a thumbs up. Give it a like. Give it a share. We got D on here dropping the bombs on y'all heavy. So uh, that, that's something good. Like uh, he said about this script thing, we just added probably about two months ago. Is selling okay. something you were considering doing, or are you just looking to get an offer? We added mm. that weeds out the tire kickers. We just mm. looking to get an offer. Are you, are you selling something you were considering doing, or were you just looking to get an offer? Man, that's hot, man. Oh, my God. The fake. We got to separate these fakers. These You really do. And, and another thing, I can't remember where I picked this up at, but another thing is when I'm on the phone with them, especially for people that's more logical, not emotional people to the side is more logical, right? Just give me an offer. Give me a price. What do they do? Okay, I'm going to give you a price. But just, just ask me this one question, right? Not I don't ask them about the condition of the house or anything like that, because at that point, it really doesn't matter in the conversation. I ask them on a scale of one to ten. One mean you don't really care about selling this house. Ten, like, man, I ain't this thing sold yesterday. What do you fit on the scale? Right? Because you're already logical, right? You're going to pick a number. I'm at a three. Well, I can't get a three to a ten, okay? But I can get a seven, eight to a ten, okay, through the conversation. Right. So just by me knowing where you're at on the scale lets me know if I need to put you in a follow up, put you on a drip system, whatever I need to do. And that maybe now is not the best time. And it's OK. It's OK if it's, today is not the day. Mm-hmm. But guess what? At some point, you're going to want to sell that house. I don't care if it's 30 years from now. So I'm going to keep calling till you tell me to don't call in anymore. <laughs> right? right. And that's how you do it. That's what they want. They, they don't know what, who they're dealing with. They don't know they're dealing with a heavy hitter. Heavy hitter. <laughs> we, got a, we got a guy that just came in, and uh, I think his house is worth maybe about three fifty or something like that. But he's like, "Yeah, yeah. I'll take three thirty and up." And I'm like, "You know, <laughs> probably not your guy, man. You know, I mean, ain't no big deal, you know, because because he didn't even want to talk. I tried to call him back on a follow up. He spoke okay. to my assistant on an initial call. I called him back on the follow up. He texts back, "Yeah, if it's not three thirty and up, we don't want to hear it or some other stuff." I was like, "Dang." <laughs> Can I, at least, can I at least get on the phone? But, you know, yeah, yeah. what do you do with those people that are locked in those prices like that in their mind? How do you get those people back to reality? Uh, I, I I just keep them on the follow-up. And a lot of those people are hard asses, but a lot of them, are, a lot of times, they end up being the best one for creative finance. I yeah. ask them, I say, okay, what about if I get you more money than that? Woo! You hit them with something heavy like that? <laughs> I hit them with that, man. And, of course, they perk their head. like, what? You gonna pay me more? What? Right? You can't do that. So yeah. I'm, I'm, so tell me. I mean, how would that make you feel? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I said these are a couple of strategies, and I, and I still tell them about the wholesale strategy, getting at a discount, obviously, right? But there's also us doing it where if you're willing to take terms, I can get you that price a little bit higher. Exactly. Okay? And depending on obviously, you know, how we figure 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 out, you know, interest rate, no down payment, down payment, all that kind of stuff. Depending on how far or close we get to market value, or whatever, and we'll go from there. But a lot of those people, man, I end up liking them. I, I get it, you know. My, my background is a mean seller. Me personally, I like mean sellers because nobody else ain't gonna mess with them. You know they are. Ain't nobody gonna mess with them. They be like, oh my god, he crazy. They like you, you're getting a deal. <laughs> nobody, you ain't you got no deal. You getting a deal? Like we got one guy. We, actually, this is a problem we didn't get, which is crazy, but he still called me to this day just checking on me, right? And he had this one other property that he tried to sell, but the thing is, when I looked at it, 
he had already owned a finance to his tenant. But he kept saying, it's my house. Mm. I'm like, uh, hey, Bob, we can't, we can't buy the house. The deed's not in your name. is somebody else. You're the grantor. Another guarantee. <laughs> he's like, wow. he's like oh, yeah, 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 my bad. But I still want to sell you the house. I said, well, <laughs> if they don't pay, you can foreclose. Then we can talk about that at that time. But with him, one of the things he was willing to do, like he was stuck on a price, right? Mm -hmm. He was really, really stuck on a price. And I was like, dude, it doesn't work out based on the condition of the property, location, things like that, demographics in the area. We can do creative finance. And at first he was like, hell no, which I, I anticipate them telling me no nah, on the first go, right? That's why you got to follow up, right? Mm -hmm. So we talked to him about four or five times after that. And he was like, yeah, let's let's do the creative finance, right? He And I'm saying he called me and told me this. Let's do the creative finance. Right. Mm. Right. So we, we, we lining up the deal or whatnot. And of course, COVID hit <laughs> and lender, lender, the, the buyer we had lined up didn't qualify for the loan anymore because of the uh, requirements changed with this particular lender. Well, good for him is that the tenant actually want to buy the house. And he was asking me, he's like, D, what do you think I should do? He was like, should I sell it to them or just wait? Till you get another buyer because he knew I was assigning it, right? It's, it's no secret what I do, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? We want this house, but the best thing you best thing you want to do is just that family. This will probably be the biggest purchase they make in their life, right? It may even be the only purchase they make in their life, but it's gonna mean the world to them. We do, we do. <laughs> I mean, we do deals like we popping tip packs, and we don't even think about it. Most of the time, we don't even see the house. Right. right outside of pictures and you know having somebody go inspect it and show it to other buyers and stuff like that. I said, so how about this? You sell it to them, and when you get another one of your properties ready for sale, you call me back. And that was the second property he called me back, but he was just yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So most definitely, I love the tough people because they end up being the ones that end up going for the creative finance, not the mm -hmm. easy ones, not the easy ones. And my for my personal experience, so I love yeah. tough ones. The tough ones end up having a coming to God talk and say, you know what? I'm gonna go back and see D. You Jesus! Know what <laughs> Jesus! Exactly. And say, you know, uh, I don't think nobody can help me. I told you, I'm the one that I'm the God that's gonna save the day if you want me to do it. That's right. That's right. Give me an opportunity. I show you. To, um, Tony Robinson Senior, like he said. Let me see. I found the picture. I, I was looking for it. There he is. Please. Oh man, yeah, yeah. That's him. That's the man. The, the myth, man. the legend, That's Tony right. Robinson Senior. Man, y'all gotta check him out. He yeah. is a badass. He say, "I'm a bad man" or something. He say, "Right, something like that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He say, "Ain't nobody better than me." <laughs> exactly. You gotta have. Yeah, he he most definitely the man. Yeah, and uh, definitely learn his game because you know so much stuff. I mean, you really can spend almost a lifetime learning all this stuff, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, goes sir. Deep. So that's cool. It goes deep, man. And no matter what level I get, it's always another level, man. It's always another level. It's always another strategy. It's always something else. And so that's why it's important to hang around other people, man. Like one, one person inboxed me the other day. I don't even know what the hell this dude was talking about. But anyway, he was asking me about like what can we do to work together? And I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, most of the people I surround myself with are investors. That's who I choose to surround myself with, you know. And it doesn't make it doesn't mean they're making a, they making seven figures. They can be making six figures or less than six figures. But I really want to surround myself with people who have a certain mindset. 
right? And by doing this, it re it regurgitates, rehashes everything that I'm living my life for, right? Because I love real estate, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I eat it. I drink it. I wake up early in the morning and think about everything. Sometimes when I'm I think about real estate, right? So <laughs> you know, I actually uh I've been saying something that's kind of controversial. I tell people, man, you might as well drop out of school and go learn real estate. That's how serious this stuff is. <laughs> hey, Chris, Chris, man, sometimes I want to say that so bad to some people, man. It's this is this is this one dude that, that that cut grass, look, little young white guy, his name Tanner. This dude, oh my God, this this he is an eight-figure guy at his age. He's like 16 years old, right? And uh I'm, I, I be want to tell him so bad, man. Just drop out of school and come work with me on this wholesaling. I mean, cause you just you know how you just meet some people. They just got the juice, man. They got the juice. He like 16 years old. He doing landscaping outside of doing classwork and stuff like that, and really taking advantage of this whole virtual learning aspect of it. And I'm like, dude, this dude is gonna make a killing. And on top of that. His his mind is always cycling and thinking. And, oh my God! And he's always asking, like, "How do you buy this house? How did you get this house? I mean, what kind of deal did you work out? I mean, it's I'm like, dude, be my son. Inherited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, I want to adopt this kid because he is a go getter, man. He's a go getter. So that's what I love, bro. You got to surround yourself with people like that. How important is that for somebody? that wants to get into this uh, wholesaling or real estate business to have that grit, to have that hustle? I think you have to, man, because like I was referring back to, like with you, you're consistent, man. That's one thing about you. You're consistent, man. People can say whatever they want to say, but at the end of the day, Chris Monroe is the man. And if you don't believe it, go smack yourself. Really? <laughs> smack yourself, man. Chris is the man. He is consistent. He's persistent. He consistently delivers value. Right. So you you got to have that hustle about you. Right. But you got to take it up a notch. Right. You, you you bring that hustle to the table, that grind, that grit, that fight. Right. Then you start developing policies, procedures, processes, leveraging systems in your business. I don't care whether you're doing real estate or you're doing car lots or you, I mean, you're selling ink pens, whatever, man. You get those systems and you get those people coming into your business. Hey, on the marketing side, customer acquisition, whatever you got to do, right? Those closes on your team, those A-plus players, man, pay them, commission, salary, whatever you got to do. And I'm telling you, business will shoot to the sky. You keep that going. So basically, have your business in a nutshell is marketing to attract some sellers and some yes. sales to close the deals, basically, right? Marketing and sales. That's it. Marketing and sales. That's it. People that got these sales skills, I'm like, man, you need to bring that over to the real estate because that's what made it easier for me. I already was an entrepreneur, you know, doing different businesses and hustles and all that. So shifting yeah. over to real estate, just learn the jargon, learn the paperwork, and you're ready to go. And guess what? You're on fire. <laughs> Is that and simple, right? Oh, right? oh, and one thing I want to give a shout out, my cousin, Corey Taswell. I'm proud of you, homie. He is an entrepreneur sales guy. I mean, he is sales guy of the year, right? And he's getting he's getting into the whole real estate game, and he is crushing it. He already went out, got a probate deal. He didn't know nothing about no probate. Be like, hey, cuz, because what, what, what's up? <laughs> How we got to do this? I'm like, look, man, do this, do this, do this. And I'm telling you, man, to see members of my family get into real estate, oh, man, it's like right there, dude. <laughs> Man, I love it, dog. Tear right here, dog. It's a tear right here, right now. 
<laughs> and that's why I say this real estate game is truly life changing. I mean, you know, one deal can change your whole life for real. I mean, it's serious. Oh, hell yes. Yes. Just, just slip up and make an extra hundred thousand by accident or something. You're like, what? You can't. Yes. Do that. It don't even feel right. It almost feel like, you know, uh, like my guy uh, Rick Jarman was on here a few weeks ago. He called it the miracle of real estate. He's because he's been in the game since the eighties. So he's like, yeah. I'm oh my god. About back okay. And they wouldn't listen. I said, oh well, I can't make it. <laughs> it's a miracle. It's a miracle, man. I, I love it, man. And especially, you know, when you when you first get started and you get that first check, you know, because you see a lot of people post, especially the newbies, they they post their checks or whatever right there. And I love to see that, man. That's exciting to see people winning, man. And then they get past that point, then you get to the point where you begin to scale, and then you get excited because of your team, right? And then you you dive deep into some other strategies. Then you start getting that cash flow, woo! And you start getting them checks, woo! The miracle of real estate, baby. <laughs> That's what it is. It's definitely that. So we got still about forty people watching right now across the platforms. If y'all have any questions, go ahead and drop them in so we can get them answered before we wrap this thing up. And uh, we're going to do it like that. So, D, uh, what kind of mistakes have you made in the past learning this game and dealing with this game that you've learned from that you think could help other people? Man, I made so many mistakes. I forgot some of them, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You, you got to make the mistakes, right? Uh, one of the things I did, because one of the things I came from was flipping, right, was when you get the capital, right, make sure you get more than enough. Because sometimes if you just get enough capital when you want to flip a property and you have something come up, it can delay the property a week, days, or months, right? So when you flip and get more than what you need so you can make that smooth process, that was something I had to learn the hard way, right? Okay, that's one thing I learned. Uh, another thing I learned is don't be about yourself, man. Like generally, don't just be about yourself, right? Because when I was young, you know, moving to Atlanta, I was at Georgia Tech, chemical engineer. I even started my own business at that time. I was really, really cocky, right? Don't do that because life has a way of humbling your ass, right? <laughs> Life has a way of humbling you, okay? Right? So that's another thing I learned about. Another thing is I wish I would have started wholesaling real estate earlier. Now, now, and, and that's not because I'm trying to convince you to become a wholesaler. It's just because of the mindset of a wholesaler is going to man propel any other aspect of your real estate to another degree, and you're going to surpass people that's been doing it longer than you because you understand the principles of wholesaling. Whether you're doing it on a residential side or the commercial side or the industrial side or back over to the commercial side and you want to dive deep into a multifamily, whatever it is, just understanding how to get a property direct from the seller at a discount, then value add, a sign agreement, helping the transaction, be a bird dog, whatever it is you got to do in that and in, in, in your role in that particular situation. I'm telling you, wholesome. I wish I would learn that earlier. That's true. I'd say you should have started 10 years ago. Why I ain't do this a long time ago? I know that's right. 70 years ago, I should have started. <laughs> long time ago, I should have been on this real estate. I know. Mama, show, show me a house. Show me a house. <laughs> I'm not here when I come out the room and say, go learn real estate, boy. <laughs> I know that's right. Shout out. What's up, mama? I love you. <laughs> there you go. So um, you did mention something there in your thing when you just said talking to actual homeowners, not the middleman, like going through real estate agents and stuff like that. What do you do with real estate agents? Do you work with them at all? Do you have them help you sell the properties? What do you do with them? I, I love realtors. I love realtors. I love them. I love them. I love them. They are a wealth of information. Even if they're not the big dog in town, 
they are a wealth of information, right? Now, of course, generally when I go into a market, I generally find out who's selling properties and who's doing the volume and things like that. And if you don't know how to do that, you can literally go on Zillow, type on a property that recently sold, click on that person's name, and then you can see like they've sold like 5, 10, 15, 20 properties, right? And then connect with people who sold a lot of properties and just say, hey, I want to add value to you. I see you're doing some things. I sell properties, off-market properties. See if you have any investors that may be interested. And we can just sell off-market and I give you a cut, right? And so they allow me to get introduced to buyers that I didn't even know existed, right? That doesn't show up on cash buyers list on PropStream or, you know, wherever you, you, you're finding your cash buyers from, right? And so they just always connected in the community, especially if they're doing activity and pushing houses, right? So I love realtors. So that's great. So you say build that connection with the movers and shakers if possible. And you can find that information right on Zillow, right? It's saying like, you know, right on Zillow or something. You'd be like, wow. And they had a telephone number, a picture of them, everything. Their mama, everything. Right on Zillow. <laughs> just pick up the phone to call them, man. Just hey, this is what I do. This is who I am, baby. Let's make it happen. I know that's right. Make it happen like a captain. I know you mentioned the book Traction earlier, but what other books, podcasts, and resources would you recommend for people to get that mind right dealing in real estate and or entrepreneurship? Uh, of course, Chris Monroe, student master teacher. You got to hit that up, right? Uh, I like Max Maxwell. I, just, I like Joe McCall. Um, Steve Train is good. Um, also, get into some other ones that's outside of uh, real estate, right? So you can understand sales, marketing, things like that. There's one, Chad David, I think his, his name is. Uh, he has one. And just also dive deep into some other strategies, right? Some people that you may not even know. I, it's, uh, some of them I forgot. But just once you begin to use Google to search different terms, as you learn these terms from this from this uh, podcast, from other podcasts, and you don't know what it is or you want to learn more about it, instead of dropping into Google, what I do recommend is drop into YouTube and see what videos pop up and get that pen and paper out and start taking notes. Save that, like it, subscribe, share, whatever you got to do, and just continue re rehashing, regurgitating, and going back on your notes, right? Another thing is on boots, uh, excuse me, on books, excuse me, is the first book I think everybody should read, even if you want to stay in a nine to five, not necessarily go all the way out like we do in entrepreneurship. Is rich dad poor dad? I think that's like the basic first level you need to do. You need to learn about those four quadrants, right? And where you fit in the quadrant, and what do you want to be, and how you're going to get there. Another book is uh, Think and Grow Rich. Uh, that's a book you need to read like multiple times. The more times you read it, the more money you're going to make. So it's not one of those ones you just read one time. Uh, another one is How to Win Fr Friends and Influence uh, Others, uh, Napoleon Hill. Uh, so you want to read that. That's another book you want to just read multiple times. Another one is 48 Laws of Power. Now, that's a long one. So if you got a long trip, <laughs> do that or get the clips notes on that. They got so an audio book for that thing? <laughs> exactly. Audio book, speed it up to twice the size. Yeah, you want to get that, right? Uh, another thing I like is uh, four disciplines of execution, right? So it really teaches you about a lag and lead measures in your business. And if you don't know what that is, you want to learn about it. Because if you work for a nine to five company, they have lag and lead measures in their company. Even if they're not doing it effectively, you, you really want to learn about uh, lag and lead measures, uh, wildly important goals and things like that. So four disciplines execution. We talked about, of course, traction. Uh, the one thing uh, you want to you want to read that book there. Uh, then there's a couple of other ones. Uh, Art of seduction. You want to read that. And it's not from no sexual way, just from helps you with sales and things like that. And. 
it, it's, it's it's so many. I have to look up, look on my phone, but I mean, it, I always read. Like one of the things I do is I wake up in the morning and for thirty minutes I go ahead and read. I, I, I like when I say read, it's audio. Because <laughs> if I'm reading a book, man, I'll be on that stuck on that one page for like thirty days. A <laughs> good audio book, huh? A good audio book. So that's what I mean by read. So I spend about thirty minutes a day to an hour a day um, reading. So yeah. And many of those audio books are right on YouTube. Sometimes you'd be surprised. Yeah, a lot of them free on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get mine through Audible. I think Amazon owns that company, that brand mm-hmm. or whatever. And uh, yeah. So no excuse. So turn no the excuse. Off, TV off. Tighten up. Get to learn. <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, Philip wants to know: Does D do meetups? Oh man, we need to do something, man. We we we, we can make it happen now. Yeah. <laughs> so you can do something there. Uh, he also mentioned earlier, uh, Southern California is tough. I mean, how do you do that? It is super tough. It is super duper crazy tough. But the yeah. thing is that the amount of stuff we're learning by targeting that market, because for us, we don't really care whether we get the deal. I mean, obviously we want to get a deal, but what we're learning as far as how, how we're getting sellers to respond who are not seriously motivated, but maybe, uh, lead leaning more towards course, like creative finance or things like that, it really helps us out in our business when we target markets like in the Southeast or the Midwest or Southwest or things like that. It really helps us. So that's for us, we're doing, uh, you know, split and split. It's called split analysis for us. So we're just splitting it up and seeing what works and what doesn't work in a very, very competitive, hard to get into market. I know that's right. And they also want to know, how do they connect with you, D? You drop so much value on here. How do they find you if they want to look you up <laughs> on social media or wherever they want to find you at? Yeah, yeah just uh, just hit me up on Facebook, man. I, I know Chris had asked me about uh, Instagram. I'm not even on anything else, really, but, but but Facebook. So just hit me on Facebook, D Stevens. You see the name. Uh, I get a lot of friend requests. So just DM me. Say, hey, I saw you on Chris Monroe and, you know, student master teacher. <laughs> and then we'll, hey, you know, I, I I look up whether friend request you sent me. We can go from there, man. Just make sure you, you about you about getting some real estate. You about getting some investing. You know what I mean. And uh, you like to have fun too, right? So do that. Hit me up, and we can make something happen. So you don't want no fakers in there, because you know how people say I want to do this. No, man. I I, I I like to stay sucker free, man. So <laughs> <laughs> if you if you try to say sucker free too, then, then hit me up. We can make something happen. Stay woke or wind up broke. Oh, that needs to be the tagline. <laughs> I, I like that. Hey, don't get mad at me when I when you see that across my line. <laughs> you know where it came from. I just created it out. I own the actual hashtag. You know you can buy a hashtag, right? You can oh, yeah, it. yeah, you did. I remember you saying that one time. On yeah. <laughs> and Mo Bunny Paul wants to know, do wholesalers pay taxes on their assignment profits? Yeah, any any money you make, you need to pay Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam has his hand in your back pocket, whether you see him or not. Now, this is why you want to get into creative financing. You want to get some asset producing uh, properties so you can begin to depreciate, right? So you can begin to write off some of the things off your taxes so it, it reduces your tax liability. And there's another book. I, I'm, I'm going to probably tag it in the com- comments. And it deals with uh, taxes, right? And it's from the uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, brand where it talks about how you can begin to save on your taxes. Because a lot of people actually overpaying on their taxes, right? Yeah, most so, people are. Yeah, most people are, right? And I know a lot of times, you know, people don't want to get a CPA or something like that, but just hire one or get consulted with one or whatever. I got a good friend, you know, that I get consulting or whatever. 
and then just that way, Will Wright is that what the guy name is? What Rich Dad Poor Dad accountant? I think I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, very, very bright guy, man. Very, very bright, and it, it just really just breaks it down, right? And of course, in the Rich Dad Poor Dad book, it breaks down a lot of things, man. But just get with other investors, especially ones who uh, are doing, you know, multiple properties, right? People who are professionals, not just not just mom and pop, but who are professionals who are doing it. They can help you with a couple of tax things with that. But yeah, you do pay taxes, pay taxes, any income you get. You can be like number 45 and don't pay no tax if you know how no to do taxes. it. <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> but, but if you know how to do it, you can pay no tax. But you know that you, you can do, you can pay no taxes. Just and you can yeah, most definitely you can legally pay no taxes because the thing is the, the most people look at the IRS, because I know I used to think this when I first started as a solopreneur, that they was against me. They were trying to get my money, they're trying to steal my hard-earned money. But if you just take the time and understand the tax code, the tax code is actually written, most of it is written to help you save money, right? It's just, you have to know what do I need to do? What do I need to provide into the marketplace where I can save money on taxes? Because they will credit you, right? They give you the deduction, whatever it is you need to do if you're providing the right things in the marketplace. It's there to make sure we maintain a stable free enterprise economy. So we stay at the top of the list on countries across the world. That's all it's about. Okay, so stuff and everybody getting upset. Uh, like you better learn how to play this game, man. Make the rules. Man, you about, play the game. Exactly. Just learn how to play the game. Learn how to play the game and play it well. All right. That's right. One of your students in here, Miss Tasha Johnson. What's up, superstar? See you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. She said he's good, y'all. We know he good. Heavy hitters. That's how we bring on. Mo Bunny Paul said, thanks. Let's see. Where do you see real estate investing going in the next five years? Up. <laughs> right. I mean, it can be up or down. The thing is, that's the reason why you want to get into like really, really following Chris, reaching out to Chris and things like that, because he teaches you so much. I mean, he's given so much information. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost mind blowing. Right. So hmm. with the whole real estate thing, it will cycle up and down. I think immediately like this upcoming second third quarter of this year we're gonna see a lot of people gonna be in real real tight hot water because a lot of people are doing forbearance and things like that uh not making their money they making money but they're not making the money they were making okay right. a lot of people got got cuts in their their salary their pay things like that so they're they're, they're getting further and further and further behind and they're gonna really get to a point where they may have to lose their house well that's where you know someone like us come in and say, hey, you don't have to lose your house. You don't have to go into foreclosure. You don't have to have that, that foreclosure stuck on your credit for seven years or so, right? And let's try to work out creative financing. Let's try to work out a cash deal. Let's work out paying off a mortgage. Let's work out getting you to another house that you can afford now that, that, that adjusts it to your income, right? Let's, let's work on all these other things and really just bring value to them, right? So that's something that's going to be immediately. But after that, everything comes in cycles. It's going to shoot up and it's Prices, you know, prices of real estate is gonna just shoot out the roof and just gonna continue to make money. So depending on where we are in the cycle, depending on what strategy is gonna be the best strategy at that time, that's why again you need to learn how to wholesale everyone as soon as possible, right? Yeah, because it's gonna still be the foundation to all of this, no matter what. It's the foundation. Exactly, it's the foundation. It's the foundation. That's cool, and that's the name of the book: Tax Free Wealth. That's the name of it. Thanks. That's it. Who is that? John, my man, what's up? What's up, John? Yes, 
Yes, yes. Boom. That's it. Are we giving the money away? We can keep it. Well, you can keep it. What up, Chris Jackson? Oh, that's my homie right there, Chris. Yeah, down in Dallas. Uh, thanks for sharing on the platform. No problem. Been laughing at it. Yeah, we got <laughs> on Twitch, a gamer. Let's see, we get some viewers on Twitch every once in a while. Look at that. What up? What up? What up? A tsunami is coming. Yeah, I mean, what oh, do you yeah. think about this with this coronavirus? Is this really going to be a huge problem? I mean, or is it just going to be something that the government going to probably bail out homeowners or something eventually? I think with the, I think with the, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So with with the Corona thing, I think we're gonna get back to some normalcy, and you can see it even with when you pass like the school zones. You can see kids a lot of in a lot of areas starting to go back to school, things like that, and you're gonna start seeing people get real relaxed with wearing a mask. And and when I mean wearing a mask, it's not just the customers. I'm talking about the people that actually work there, right? When you start seeing people get more relaxed with that, it, it, we're gonna you're gonna start seeing it really bounce back. So watch the kids and watch the people who work in restaurants how they get lax, and, and you're going to see the bounce back there, right, on, on the ground level. Um, I think regardless of whoever you vote for as president, uh, the tsunami is coming. I mean, it, it's, it's inevitable. It, the prices can't go up into the sky and never fall back down. That's not how it works. We work on a cycle, you know, just like the life works on a cycle. You're born, you live, you die, okay? Same thing with real estate. It, it comes up and, you, and it dies, right? So, the thing is, what you want to learn, obviously, again, is wholesaling, uh, creative finance. Chris has a Chris Ramon has a shit ton of videos, right? Just learn that, reach out to us, and then that way you come in and help people benefit, even though they're in dire need and they mm. think they're about to give up. They're they're right they're right about to give up. Let the house walk away from the house, let it foreclose, destroy their life is on on the credit side for a long time. And you're going to come in and say, look, I can help you. I know how to solve this problem because I watched a student master teacher, Chris Monroe, That's do right. this. And I can do this. Oh <laughs> That's <God>. it. <laughs> I think it's like 250 free real estate training videos. You can just go watch at your leisure. Or actually, it's even a real estate podcast. We're on uh, all the podcast stations. If you're listening on that, give us a five-star rating as well. So, I mean, it's, it's everywhere. There's no excuse anymore. Get the information and implement it's so important and do it right. Do it, do it, do it. A lot of people just get keep getting information. Like, when are you gonna go get a deal? Go lock up something. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'll be saying instead of worrying about 20th step, do the step one and step two. <laughs> Art Robinson, I right, hey, that, that dude's a badass right there, man. Art Robinson, oh uh, man, what's up, dude? Yeah, <laughs> let's see. Cases are already starting to spike since kids went back to school. Yeah, it happens. Yes. Yep, yep. Drive moves. Cool, cool. So, all right. So, any other closing statements you want to give to the family? You can give your contact information again. Anything else you want to share with everybody before we wrap this thing up? Uh, I just just recommend just make sure everybody gets into some meditation. That that really helps me. Meditation or, or prayer, whatever you know, floats your boat. Um, make sure you're reading. Make sure you surround yourself with good people. Uh, be a good person, right? Add value as much as possible. Uh, don't always focus on the money. Really focus on really trying to find a solution to other people's problems and be genuine. And you, you're going to excel. I mean, if you want to reach out to me, DM me. It's D Stevens, Facebook. That's how you reach me. I'm the man. D Stevens. There it is. Right there on the there bottom. There it is. There it is. 
So they say, look him up on Facebook and uh, don't be in his inbox doing no other stuff. Talking about business. No, no other stuff. No, no drama. None of that. None of that. Stay out. Only, only business. Only business. <laughs> yes, I want to code call for you. These people be in the inbox. They get aggressive. Yes, sir. I mean, I get people from all over the place inboxing about crazy shit, man. Like it's 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 like some people I just look at it and just don't even respond, man. It's like, oh Lord Jesus. And then some people I just have to block. I'm like, you just really annoying. Jumping in my inbox like that. Right. Like, I you want to sell your house? <laughs> like that is helping you gay. Like what? I had, I had three different virtual assistants hit my inbox with the same script, with the same samples, with the same. So I was like, are y'all still or something? What's going on? We want to call for you, sir. No. <laughs> no, sir. I'm good. I appreciate right. it, though. I'm good, though. <laughs> <laughs> Network. D. Stevens, thanks for coming on, bro. All right? Hey, man, I appreciate you, man. Keep doing what you're doing, bro. Keep staying consistent, man. I'm telling you, man, you're changing the world, dude. Keep doing it, man. I appreciate you, brother. Uh, no problem. One person at a time. That's right. That's right. So that's how we do it right here, family, each and every Monday night. 7 o'clock Central Time, 8 o'clock Eastern, we bring on somebody that's a heavy hitter in the industry. Sometimes we do a case study where we break down a deal, show you all the paperwork, show you the hoods. They say, show me the hoods. We do that sometimes as well. So I hope this video helped you out in some type of way. Don't forget to give this video a thumbs up. Give it a like. Give it a share. Let's say get a coach. That's right. Hashtag get a coach. I know that's right. Ashe. All right. Cool, cool. Let's see. Feed them memes. He never rejects those. I know that's right. Blockathon. Yeah, a blockification. That's what I do across the nation. Let's say, Chris, send me that script. All right, we got you. So hit me up. If anybody's looking to work with me on any type of deals or anything, you can always shoot me an email. No excuse. People say, you ain't hit me back on the inbox. If you hit me up on some business, hit me up, Chris, at WokeRealEstate.com. Easy to find. I'm all over everywhere. Follow me on all social media outlets at Chris Monroe, STL, there's Snapchat, there's Twitter, there's Instagram, there's Facebook, that's YouTube, all of the sites, easy to find. And don't forget, like I said, tomorrow night, we're doing that virtual live stream with Mr. with the Hooties House Buying Club and Mr. Rich Groves. We're going to be on tomorrow night, six o'clock central. If you want to network, get on his list at stlviplist.com on the bottom right there, stlviplist.com. That'll get you on the email list. And next week, we're on with Mr. R.J. Bates, the third, 50 deals in 50 states, virtually locking them up, locking them down, getting them checks, and drinking some cold right there. I don't know what that is. It's like a beer. <laughs> but we'll be on with him next week. So make sure you're on for that. And we're on with Miss Kayla Haight Colbert on the 9th of November. And if you ever want to be notified of any of these upcoming live streams, it's real easy. You don't have to depend on YouTube or whatever you're watching on. Text the keyword JV to 31996. That'll get you the free joint venture agreement to work with other wholesalers, real estate agents, and other investors. And you'll be on a notification squad. All you have to do is text JV to 31996. That'll get you on there like that. And if you haven't already in your sleep, join the free Facebook group, the Woke Real Estate Investing Facebook group. It's free, cost you no money. Talking about subject two, talking about lease options talking about seller financing and all the other stuff you love to know about the woke real estate creative Facebook group. Join that for free and you'll be glad you did. All right. And like I said, the people watching or listening on the woke real estate podcast on Stitcher, Apple podcasts and all the others, give us a five star rating to move up in the algorithm. We need it. We need every piece of help that we can get. 
All right, let's see here. Talking about hooties, talking about wholesale, talking about big money. That's right, Big Mo. (laughs) (laughs) He already got it. RJ Bates, yep, next week. That's my guy there. That's right, still pimping. So get this video a thumbs up, and I will see y'all on the next one. So do what you do, be who you be, and I'll see you before you see me. Peace out, family. And we have And we have Mr. I stay Today's broadcast is being brought to you by WokeSkipTracing.com. Look up phone numbers and email addresses with ease, with pricing as low as only 15 cents per match. Not per search, per match. If there's no number or email address, you don't pay. Get accurate data in just minutes. WokeSkipTracing.com. That's WokeSkipTracing.com.